Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Out in public. That's right. These three renegades are the news roundtable. Renegade one, Steve Bull. He's been here since the wee hours of the morning. Renegade two, Scott Hardy from the WTAD newsroom. Good morning, sir. I also have been here yeah, since he's the wee hours. So he Scott's been here since the wee hours uh, of the morning, and I'm the late arriver. Good morning. Hi, my name's Quaid. If you're hunkered down at home, you're not alone because Governor Pritzker's not joking this time. I think we thought he was joking before. I don't remember a rim shot or a uh, even a setup for the for the joke. I don't know that anybody's joking about this uh, at all. Uh, obviously, everybody's talking about uh, COVID-19, and uh, the gentleman and I were sharing stories of how busy the few places uh, that were open were this weekend. Uh, I don't know that we'll, we'll touch on it. Maybe we will with our guest on the second half of the show, uh, judicial uh, candidate for the 8th Circuit uh, Tad Brenner will join us on the back half of the show today in the closing sprint towards Election Day tomorrow here in the land of Lincoln. So we'll talk with uh, Tad Brenner coming up on the back half of today's show. First things first, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom. Again, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quay. Good morning, everybody. In the latest, speaking of the 8th Judicial Circuit, they have announced today that uh, until further notice... Uh, most court cases and court proceedings are postponed. That includes civil jury trials, traffic cases, misdemeanors, probate, small claims, family court, child support, law magistrate, juvenile cases, and marriages as well. They say that uh, you'll get uh, an amended notice in the mail when it's rescheduled as well. You'll notice that uh, pr- that uh, uh, felony matters will be held as scheduled as well, and that includes... Uh, all matters with the people in custody, criminal felony matters, juvenile temporary custody, juvenile detention hearings, uh, emergency orders of protection, uh, and other matters as well in terms of family court and any emergency cases as well. And also they're asking that people not enter the courthouse if they've been to one of the uh, Zone 2 countries such as China, South Korea, Italy, Japan, or Iran, or if they've had anybody in close contact with one of those countries in the past three weeks as well as a way to limit the uh, spread of the coronavirus. So that just coming down uh, this morning, a limited access to uh, court proceedings in Adams and the other counties in the 8th Judicial Circuit. If that uh, happens in the 9th Judicial Circuit, which includes Hancock County and McDonough County and Henderson County, we'll let you know about that as well. Uh, lots of other cancellations. Brown County Schools not in session today. 
And uh, also, uh, all other Adams County schools are not in session today as well. St. James Lutheran has announced that it's closing as of today through March 30th as well. Also, Liberty School's not in session today. La Harp Schools are out today. No evening activities. Dallas City also out. Rawls County Schools, as in most Missouri schools, they are in, but they say that uh, they are uh, preparing for when they may have to close. Rawls County Superintendent Tara Lewis Sunday issued a letter to parents saying the district is open for now, but they are getting ready should they have to close. That would include preparing packets for students to use while they're at home and access to online learning. Teachers will also be able to communicate with students over the Internet as well. Lewis also says that the district will have meals prepared and available for pickup at a school parking lot in town, either in New London or Center, or delivery as well. Uh, One Northeast Missouri school district says that it is closing for two weeks starting today. Scotland County R1 schools say they are closing for two weeks and also including all other school activities. A statement Sunday night says the move was made in the, quote, best interest of our community and our district stakeholders, end quote. Close of business today, as Quaid mentioned, all bars and restaurants in Illinois closing for two weeks due to the spread of coronavirus. That order given Sunday by Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, who said the time for appealing to the public to do the right thing has passed. The time for persuasion and public appeals is over. The time for action is here. This is not a joke. No one is immune to this. And you have an obligation to act in the best interests of all the people of this state. Curbside pickup and delivery still available while those restaurants and bars are closed through March 30th. Governor Pritzker says while the decision wasn't easy, it was one that had to be made. Every choice that we face, every choice now, is hard. And it comes with real consequences for our residents. But as your governor, I cannot let the gravity of these choices prevent us from taking the actions that the science and the experts say will keep people safe. Governor Pritzker also announced Sunday state agencies should implement plans for a temporary reduction of government functions and workforce while maintaining core function and and essential operations. Some employees will continue to report to work while the remaining workforce will either work remotely or be asked to remain home on call while receiving pay as well. He says his office will remain fully operational throughout this period as well. Some state agencies are already starting to announce some things are closed. We'll have that for you coming up with our new newscast. The state of Illinois says COVID-19 is starting to spread through the state. On yesterday, the Department of Public Health announced 29 new cases of coronavirus across Illinois. Five additional counties are now reporting cases, Champaign, Clinton, Sangamon, Whiteside, and Winnebago. That joins other locations with cases, including the city of Chicago. In fact, IDPH is reporting 93 cases in 13 counties in Illinois. According to IDPH Director Dr. Ngozi Aziki, they're seeing the number of COVID-19 cases increase exponentially and in more locations. She also said, quote, at this point, it is best to assume that the coronavirus is circulating in your community And you should take the same precautions when interacting with other people that you would when interacting with someone who has tested positive for COVID-19, end quote. Illinois Manufacturing Group says that shoppers in the state don't have to worry about food shortages at local grocery stores. Illinois Manufacturers Association put out a statement Sunday saying residents should remain calm and, quote, understand the food supply chain remains strong and robust. Customers will continue having access to safe and nutritious food in stores across the entire state. And there's no need to hoard or stockpile food, quote, that quote from Mark Denzler, president and CEO of the IMA. Missouri Governor Mike Parson is urging but not ordering that there not be gatherings in the state of over 50 people at a time. 
Parson made the request Sunday based on new recommendations from the CDC. He released a statement saying he's strongly urging the cancellation or suspension of public gatherings of 50 people or more, with the exception of schools, daycare facilities, and businesses as well. And the state of Iowa has uh, suggested or recommended that schools close for four weeks. That's after discovering the existence of substantial community spread of COVID-19 in the state. Governor Kim Reynolds made the recommendation Sunday, saying the decision is based on new information from the Iowa Department of Public Health. On Sunday, they were notified of four additional positive cases of Iowans with COVID-19, bringing that state's total to 22. That is a look at just some of the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have much more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and also on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. Did Governor Pritzker uh, say during the the press conference what the legal consequences uh, would be for uh, public dining or uh, public imbibing? He said, uh, we've asked, but now we need to make this declaration, and it's not a joke. So uh, are there consequences besides potentially being infected? Uh, You could be forced to shut down. They could get a court order and do it. I mean, Washington, D.C. is facing the same thing. They've ordered their restaurants to be shut down, and one, the owner of like five or six restaurants, and uh, made a statement on Twitter saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to be cowed by this. I'm going to remain open. And the mayor of Washington said back, uh, you must close. If not, we'll, we'll go and get a court order and make you close as a matter of public health. That's a good question, because I saw on social media some of the Quincy restaurants even were saying they'd still be open for business, and I didn't know how that would Get shut down by a court order or how that would happen? Could be. Yeah, very well could be. Okay. Yeah, it's just a matter of them, you know, uh, the governor's office or whoever going th- working through the state's attorney's office saying, uh, shut them down okay. and getting a court order to do it. So, so uh, as far as we know, the elections, uh, the primary, is still moving forward tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just don't dare eat at these uh, things <laughs> uh, or else you'll be dining in public. Uh, joining us uh, after the break... Uh, we'll we'll have uh, in studio with us Tad Brenner, uh, Eighth Circuit Judge candidate. Next on the News Roundtable, WTAD. All right, this is not. From the regular NRT bumper rotation. So that must mean that Steve's playing the game. Yes. So Real quick. Whose birthday is today, sir? Nancy Wilson from Hart. And are we still going with uh, 70? Better. 70's the over-under, gentlemen. I will not be guessing. Oh, that's right. He was on the air with me when I did the Oh, birthday. so he knows already. I know. Yeah, I know right. the uh, just, I'll say under. Okay, you're correct on that. Uh, 68? No, 66. 66. Yeah. Uh, younger than I even thought. So good on Nancy Wilson and uh, happy birthday. Welcome back to the News Roundtable. What are you doing guessing a woman's age? <laughs> Steve asked. We're playing the game. Are women not allowed to play the game, Scott? It's not that. Maybe you should demure from doing such things. Oh, I, sh- I should say I'm not playing the game because it wouldn't be kind. Or just say 29. To guess a, a woman's age. By or the way, 29. why not? Why have it out there in the first place? 
Oh, that's right. Because men do. Women should be allowed to have their their birthday out there uh, if they choose. What teasing? That's not nice either. Ten twenty one. Welcome back to the uh, News Roundtable Talk Radio nine thirty WTAD. We're joined in studio by Tad Brenner. It's been a while since you've been on this show. You've been on these airwaves pretty consistently over the last uh, several months. But uh, this journey began uh, back in August. Yes, that's about when we started everything, Quay. And it wasn't uh, long after that that you joined us uh, on the show. You're running for a uh, 8th Circuit Judge. Uh, that includes Adams County, Pike County, Brown County, Schuyler County, Calhoun County, Cass County, Mason, and Menard County. This is a pretty large uh, area. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about uh, when you get down, because this is a primary, so uh, both of you running are uh, Republicans, uh, you've handled cases of constitutional significance. I'm quoting you from a, a video that's on your campaign's uh, Facebook page. Uh, tell me about some of those cases of constitutional significance. Well, the main one involved the right to worship. A local group had uh, some relatively conservative traditional religious beliefs, but the national church had liberalized its beliefs tremendously. In essence, the two groups were no longer connected with one another, and the local churches wanted to separate from the national church. As is often the case, the issue became who owned and who controlled the property. After many years of litigation, the local churches prevailed, and they were able to keep their property, and the national church lost any connection over our local folks. That's an interesting denominational question and, and situation, and I might ask you further about that uh, after the show is over. Uh, also, you mentioned a petition filed in the U.S. Supreme Court. Tell me about that. Uh, that involved uh, 14th Amendment issues involving the right of government to control property. That was filed a number of years ago. Uh, unfortunately, the petition was denied, but nonetheless, it made it all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, you also talk about the uh, difference in your career uh, versus your opponent, how has your career, because it's not just I'm an, an attorney, I'm a, a lawyer, how has your particular career path and choice better qualified you for this position? Well, early on in my career, what I decided I needed to do was gain fundamental skills. I needed to get in front of juries. I needed to know how to try a case. I knew that I needed to know how to handle myself in the courtroom. After I had learned those very basic skills, I needed to figure out what I was going to do with those. And my conclusion was that I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to improve people's lives. Now, that was my basic decision, but from there it involved looking at church issues, looking at individual people, looking at their problems and trying to figure out how can I get someone from a position where they are in trouble, where their life is in tatters, to a position where they can lead a good, healthy, happy life? And what I've done throughout my 32-year career is to try to steer people in the right direction using the legal system to do that. Yeah, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the courts uh, in the A2 Judicial Circuit, they're starting to adapt certain things uh, very similar to that. Uh, you're seeing it in Adams County with a drug court, for instance, and now uh, a mental health court. Is that something that uh, you would back and would like to see in other parts of the circuit? 
Yes, very much so. Our drug court in particular has done a good job of helping people on the path of recovery. We know that drugs, particularly methamphetamine, has been in our communities. It has destroyed lives. It has destroyed lives not only of the users, but of their families, and also the victims of the crimes of the users. So getting these folks off the methamphetamine, off the other drugs, and teaching them that they can lead a life free of drugs and be productive and be happy is a challenge. It is very, very difficult for these folks, and they need guidance to simply say, stop using, that's not enough. They need assistance, and the court system has started giving them assistance here in Adams County. Those programs need to be expanded. Yeah, and you're, I imagine as a lawyer, you've often found that, one, mental health goes kind of hand-in-hand hand almost with drug use, or they, they're kind of compounding factors, aren't they? Oftentimes, folks with mental health issues are self-medicating, meaning they are using street drugs in uh, the place of regular medications, uh, which causes crime, which causes their conditions to get worse. Oftentimes, there is a good deal of overlap between drug use and mental health issues. Now, you mentioned that you would like to see the programs expanded. How would you be able to help do that? Would that be uh, by petitioning the head of the Eighth Circuit to do that, or is that more dealing with through the legislature and, and the Supreme Court? Or Well, it would be on a county-by-county county basis because the Eighth Circuit has uh, a total of eight counties. Each county, I have found, is very, very different, and each community within each county is very, very different. We have to look at the local needs of each county to figure out what type of program is going to be most effective for that community. Okay. Our guest this morning, Tad Brenner, who's uh, running for the 8th Circuit judge seat. Uh, the Illinois State Bar Association put out a poll. It's not like a Paul Simon uh, Public Policy Institute poll. Can you explain the difference in why their poll uh, has scored you the way it has? Well, the poll was a little bit unusual because it only went to official members of the Illinois State Bar Association. I personally am not a member of that organization. Uh, members of the state's attorney's office in Adams County are not members of that organization. To my knowledge, the members of the public defender's office in Adams County are not members. So in other words, you have a very limited sampling. Uh, and uh, I talked with uh, your wife at a recent uh, event. She was uh, sharing some stories with me from the campaign trail uh, that uh, were, were, were endearing. What, uh, what has this journey been like for you? Are there any stories from the campaign trail that you'd like to share? Well, it's been very, very interesting. I've made the statement that I've been more places than Johnny Cash. Um, going to smaller places like Athens, Illinois, Virginia, Illinois, walking from door to door, talking to the people, hearing what they have to say, hearing their concerns has been an extremely rewarding experience. Seeing the people and how they live and hearing what their concerns are has been valuable in terms of teaching me what the needs of our communities are. We've got about a minute left, so I'm going to give you that amount of time for closing arguments. 
Well, thank you, Quade. I believe that I am the best candidate for circuit judge. I have had a 32-year career where I have focused on the issues that matter. I have focused on cases that affect the lives of people, and I have tried to make the lives of people of our communities better. Um, I am a strong believer in our religious freedoms. I have a proven record for standing up for those religious freedoms. I have served on the national board of the Anglican Church in North America and actually participated in the drafting of that constitution. That constitution is designed to protect conservative religious beliefs. Um, I have hard and fast proof of how I have lived and what I believe. I am a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment. I know the people of our communities, and I will stand up for their values. So in summary, I have the experience, I have the proven ability, and I am committed to the values of West Central Illinois. Tad Brenner, a candidate for 8th Circuit Judge. Thanks for being here this morning with us. Polls open tomorrow morning, Scott, at 7 a.m., closing at 7 p.m. All right. That is the Monday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.